Hello and welcome to episode 35 of Rule the Queendom. My beautiful goddess guest for today is the beautiful Asti Marie. She's a female sexual empowerment coach and she helps women to reclaim their sexual passion and sexual power in the most incredible way way. And I absolutely loved this interview. Now, I will put another disclaimer here. This one is not for little ears. If you're listening to it in the car and you've got kids in the car, this one isn't for that. This is for you, some time for you to listen to how you can embrace your sexuality, your feminine power, and actually have great sex and connection with your partner. Now, I've got to say, After I did this interview with Asti, I took on board one thing that she said and it has actually changed my sex life for the better. I'll be brutally honest. I know you might think that's oversharing. I don't think it's oversharing. I think it's just sharing and it changed it overnight. So Asti is the real deal, guys. She's that freaking good end quote. (laughs) So I really, really hope you enjoy this interview. Look, it does go really quite um, risque in parts. This is a good, good girl chat. So by all means, um, wear headphones. (laughs) But I absolutely love the message that Asti is bringing to women everywhere. She's helping women to make the decision to connect and explore their sexuality in a healthy way. She's helping women to be not scared to ask for what they want because they think it's wrong or scared to ask due to a feeling of, oh, I'm not worthy of of having that. And my favourite part of this interview, how can you expect someone to please you if you don't know what pleases yourself? I hope you enjoy the interview. This is the Rule the Queendom podcast by Charlie Willis. Wife, mum, stepmom, entrepreneur, model and radio presenter turned self-love campaigner and body confidence advocate will be helping you to become the woman you were born to be. Each week you will discover practical ways to transform your self-doubts and fears into self-confidence and power. Now is the time to reach your true potential. Take control of your destiny and realign with your purpose. Get ready to be real, rock your happiness and wear your crown with pride as Charlie and guests regal you up and transform you into the confident queen you were born to be. Are you ready to roll? We got you, sister. Welcome to the show, Asti. Hello, gorgeous. <laughs> I'm so excited to be chatting Thanks for to having you. Me. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, so I am going to put a little thing in here. Um, this conversation isn't for little ears. So if you're listening to this in the car or something like that, um, probably don't. And um, headphones are a must. But uh, the stuff that you'll learn can definitely be shared, but <laughs> um, not a conversation for little ears. So, Asti, you're just a goddess. Let's just be honest. You're just an absolute goddess. Um, You've spent the last eight years on a journey of sexual liberation and also personal empowerment. But I just Mm -hmm. want to know, what was the catalyst for the journey? It's kind of hard to say. Like, there wasn't really a moment in my life where 
I kind of realized that that's what I wanted to do. I feel like, like I say this all the time, I feel like every single moment of my life led me to become a sexual empowerment coach. Um, as a young child, like really early on, I was like uh, self-pleasuring and like exploring my sexuality in a really sweet, loving, innocent way. And I guess like the one thing that kind of like changed all of that was when I lost my virginity. So when I first actually had sex with a boy, I felt like that part of myself was taken away from me and it was no longer mine. And then I ended up getting into a really um, like abusive, um, like a verbally abusive, um, very manipulative relationship with a guy. And it was kind of in the same time where I was like, every part of me was like expanding. Like I had just started pole dancing and I was getting into like performing and competing and really like uncovering the sexual and sensual side of myself for the very first time since I felt like it had been taken away from me. And at the very same time, he was doing everything that he could to, to diminish this and to really like take that away from me. So it was like, I was really confused. Like I wanted to have, I wanted to be the sexually empowered, like open foot, like expressive woman, but I also wanted to be loved by him. And I kind of came to this point in my life where I was like, felt like I had to choose. I was like, which one do I want? Like, do I want love or do I want to be like empowered? And because it was obviously like an abusive relationship, it was really easy for me to make that choice. Um, and I ended up leaving him and that's, I guess that's where it's all, where it all started. Um, and from there, like I pretty much broke up with him and then dived straight into stripping. So <laughs> yeah, it was full on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, uh, yeah, exactly. That's a definitely, um, I guess, but there was a, a gradual progression. If you're already pole dancing and embracing yourself in that way and then mm-hmm. the dive in, into stripping, which I actually think it's really cool, by the way. <laughs> I actually, yeah. I don't see it as taboo whatsoever. I think it's the yeah. ultimate female empowerment and embrace of who you are. And mm. um, yeah, I think anyone that actually does it is like more power to you, girl. <laughs> I think it's incredible. Like, I really, really yeah. do. I'm so sorry. It has changed my life a lot, but I don't know. I don't know if it's just me being emerged into the industry or not but I feel like it has changed a lot over the last like seven years so when I first started seven years ago I didn't know anyone else that did it um I got a lot of lot of judgment for it um it I feel like it was still a lot more taboo then than what it is now because now if I tell someone that that's what I did people don't even blink an eyelid like it's just a normal thing now so I feel like it has changed a lot over the last few years yeah, I definitely agree with that. Definitely. Mm. So I'm sorry to hear though you were in a emotionally and verbally abusive relationship, and but I am really glad that you shared that because I think it's so important. Because when we think of domestic violence and things like that, of course there are horrific things that go on with both men and women receiving physical abuse. But something, mm-hmm. and I'm really passionate about this from being in two previous relationships that were both um, emotionally abusive, that mm not a lot of people talk about yeah the emotional and the verbal abuse that you can take and how that actually really affects you as a person and yeah they will take control of everything about you they isolate you they make you Mm -hmm. feel like you're literally going crazy and all you're trying to be is loving 
and caring and you just want them to love you and show you the tiniest bit of love back and Mm -hmm. they use that power and I think thank you so much for sharing that and the fact that once you left that relationship you got the strength to leave that relationship because that's Mm -hmm. never easy and then you've got I had to go through a lot like I had to get to the lowest of the lowest point because the universe kept like nudging me and nudging me like come on like this isn't for you you need to move like I knew for a while it wasn't right and I just get it kept getting that little nudge that little push and a little shove and then I finally like got kicked onto my ass and I was like all right this isn't gonna work (laughs) I'm listening (laughs) I really like it took a lot for me to make that decision and it was really hard but thank god I did it because when you're in a relationship like that when I was in it I didn't even realize how bad it was It wasn't until I left and now I can look back on it. I'm like, wow, that happened. Like he was treating me like that. And like, you don't realize because they'll do something really mean and nasty. And is, and then as soon as you get upset, they kind of turn it around and try and cheer you up again. So yeah. the person that's like hurting you and stabbing you, but then the person that you turn to for love. And I can see I kind of got trapped in that because where I was living in a city away from my family. Mm. So he, he was my family. So although he was the person that was giving me all this pain, he was also the only person that I had to turn to for love. Yeah. Oh, like I'm actually sort of smiling listening to you say that because, and I don't mean it in a sadistic way. I mean, because Mm. I totally, totally understand what you're saying. Mm. And I, have been in the exact same situation where I've been so isolated and yeah, friends, everything. And yeah, that one second they are so unbelievably cutting and horrible to you and just demeaning everything about you as a person. And then the next minute Mm -hmm. they're showing you love and affection and, and being really kind to you. And then they go out and you'll be at a party or something and they are the nicest guy you could ever yeah. freaking meet. And everyone's like, oh, isn't he lovely? Oh, aren't you lucky? And you go, what? Behind closed doors, he's an absolute pig. But yeah, they're just, yeah. They're just masters of manipulation and, and yeah, control. I don't know no who comes to the side and teaches it to them. I've got no But if I find that person, they're in for it. Well, it all comes down to their childhood. Like, I think he must have had a trouble. Not that that gives them an excuse, but that's where it starts. It starts from them not not feeling in control of their lives as children. So they need to try and control you to, to give them that sense of power. Gosh, Mm. we could do a whole episode on this, a whole, like, totally. (laughs) (laughs) But we're here to talk about you and how amazing you are and how you empower women to take control of their sexuality and have a fantastic relationship with it. So We will talk a little bit about you delved into the mysterious taboo world of stripping, as you said, and you become Mm -hmm. one of Australia's, excuse me, leading showgirls. You dived into the world of ancient sexual and spiritual arts um, and dancing naked in the Mexican jungle. Like it sounds Mm -hmm. like something (laughs) out of a movie. It actually sounds amazing. So how did this sort of lead you to your current state of empowerment now? Like all these amazing things and this journey of self-discovery. So the stripping obviously was first of all, um, and that empowered me, I guess, in a couple of ways. The first one was just being able to walk up to a stranger and like have a conversation in my underwear and just feel completely um, comfortable with that. Um, but the thing that actually empowered me more than the dancing and the, the connection with the men was seeing 
so many other beautiful women naked because growing up you never get to see that and while I was growing up the only woman that I ever saw naked were like porn stars and actresses and you, do you know what I mean like there's like just like that cookie cutter like ideal look and like of perfection of how a woman should look and there's not much variety there so when I didn't fit into that I thought there was something wrong with me so the most empowering thing for me personally was just seeing all these women naked all different shapes and sizes and they all looked beautiful like every every woman is so different but also beautiful in their very own way and that was the thing that touched me the most yeah definitely and I know from um I've tried pole dancing and I only did it for six months before I got too scared of hanging upside down but that's another thing (laughs) um but it it, it is so funny because you walk in there and you've just got your track pants on and you refuse to take them off and uh, you know for your first few classes and then you just see as you said every single shape and size and age Mm -hmm. and background and Mm -hmm. they're all just celebrating what they can do Mm. and yeah Yeah. embracing every single bump every single curve every every single part of themselves Mm -hmm. Um, so I totally know what you mean and being surrounded by that all the time and having that as your community is so powerful and just seeing other women so comfortable in their skin and so comfortable in their sexuality it gives you permission to do the same but I feel like for me it was it was it kind of went even more than just the body shape I think for me the most eye-opening thing was seeing other women's breasts and vulva, especially the vulva. Because mm-hmm. I actually have a friend that works. Actually, I've got two friends. One that used to be a, a model, and one that used to be an editor. And they both worked for like Picture and People, those kind of magazines. Mm-hmm. Um, so the girl that was a model would take these naked photos, and then she'd go sit out the back and watch them being edited. And they would change her body a little bit, but every single time they would change her vulva. So they would like completely like shave it down and turn it into like a nice little like Barbie doll looking thing. And the same with my friend that worked as an editor. Like she said she used to get so mad and she's like, this isn't right. This isn't what women look like. We're giving people the wrong idea of what our bodies are supposed to be. Um, and sometimes she would try and just like let it go through to print, but she it would always come back to her and she'll get in trouble and get told that she had to edit it because it's actually against the law for magazines to print with um with vulva showing so you know they just like have to photoshop it and shave it down and like blur it out so it's like a little barbie doll (laughs) unbelievable that was the most interesting thing because i was like wow like our vulva actually all looks so different they're all like beautiful flowers that all look so different and beautiful in their own way but i had no idea no idea Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, mm. it's illegal to show women in their actual form, pretty if you look at it that way. Like I'm, I might be wrong. I think it's these magazines are a different rating. So I feel like I think it's like picture and people they're not rated as um Yeah, like um the clothes. As highly sort of, as, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, interesting. Crazy. Well, my claim to fame <laughs> was my claim to fame. I was actually in picture magazine once, but I had all my clothes on. I was <laughs> I was eighteen. It was, you know, um we went on a pub crawl and mm-hmm. it was up in like Maryborough somewhere. It was like the world's largest pub crawl or whatever. They were trying to break some sort of world record. And um, yeah, me and my friends were there and we dressed up as um, tradies. 
I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so I've still got it now, my little um, Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> so that's my little claim to fame. Um, <laughs> so what actually happens when we, as women, suppress our sort of natural sexual essence, you know, through being taught that, you know, um, being too sexy is bad or you're going to intimidate mm. men or you're going to annoy other women and, and things like that. What, what happens to us when we suppress that? Well, the main thing that I think everyone would be aware of that happens to most of us is jealousy. So what happens is you suppress this innate sexual sensuality of yours because you've been taught that it's bad, it's shameful, that it's dangerous in one way or another. And because you've been taught your whole life that you're not able to show this piece of yourself, when you see it in another woman, you're confused because you're like, hey, well, I'm not allowed to to show this piece of myself, why is she? And because you've been taught to fear it in yourself, you also fear it in other women. So most of the time if you're feeling jealous because of someone, it's generally because they're showing a trait that is innate to you, but you've been taught to, to shadow and to hide. So that's a huge one. Yeah. Gosh, that's really true, isn't it? When mm-hmm. you see some something in someone else that is you and you see that they're open with it and expressing it but you're yeah. not yeah you're jealous yeah wow. so I always say to women like when you get jealous of someone instead of like hating on them actually like take a second to step back and like ask yourself what is it that is making me feel this way what is it that's making me feel jealous or insecure or triggered by this woman and then use that as a stepping stone and as something to almost motivate you or inspire you to claim that piece of yourself back. Yeah, that's so true. And that's amazing advice. And I've definitely done that. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's been someone that is like a friend of a friend and you sort of meet them. And as soon as you sort of see them, you're like, oh, I feel really jealous of them. Instead of just turn around and bitching about her, actually, you know, turn to yourself and say, why? Like, why is she having this? I don't know her. Like, she doesn't know me. Yeah. You know, it might be someone that you do know, I don't know, but um, Mm -hmm. you're so right. Take a step back and say, why are they making me feel this way? Clearly, this is something I need to work on rather Mm -hmm. than just, yeah, pointing the finger at her and, Mm -hmm. yeah. um, And it happens so much between women because we've been taught for so long that our sexuality is a bad thing and that it is dangerous. So we're always slut-shaming each other. Like, you don't see men doing that to other men. No. They love no. it. They're just like, oh, no. good on your bloke or good on you. And your- you don't even see men doing it to women that much. Yeah. Not as much as women do it to other women, which is just crazy because we should be trying to lift each other up. Oh, exactly. 100%. So um, how do I re- I'm excited about this question. How <laughs> do we awaken the feminine flame? Mm. So... <laughs> <laughs> like where do I start <laughs> I have been talking about this a little bit lately where we get taught that you know how we get taught that men kind of sexually peak when they're like 19 20 and then women peak when they're a little bit older like their early 30s yeah I it, like if, if you actually think about it in a logic sense biologically we should really peak when we're younger because nature wants us to be fertile when we're a lot younger. Well, we're obviously more fertile in our early 20s. So it makes sense for us to be more sexually alive and turned on in our early 20s. But the feminine sexuality is 
more so controlled by our psychology, by psychology, uh, I can't even speak properly, by psychology rather than our biology. Um, so the reason why more women become sexually um, open with themselves when they reach an older age is because they've become more accepting of themselves and they've stopped caring what other people think. And in saying that, this doesn't necessarily have to happen when you're in your 30s. I've seen a lot of women um, sexually peak or even have their first orgasms well into their 30s, 40s or even 50s. And I think the awakening of the feminine flame just comes down to making the decision. So making the decision to connect inwards and allow yourself the permission to explore your sexuality in a really beautiful and open way. So it does take more, uh, it does take a lot of internal work. So rewiring uh, your beliefs and your conditioning and your thought patterns around your sexuality. And this can come just by like growing into yourself, but it can also t come from like taking a step back and committing and dedicating yourself to doing the work. Wow. That is so interesting. It, it's mm -hmm. more based on our psychology than our biology. It's Definitely. About, yeah, 100%. When you, yeah, when you accept yourself uh, and you're right, that does tend to happen at older age because you're like, whatever, mm. I don't care what you think. Uh, mm -hmm. But I've got to say, I am seeing it in younger. I can say that because I'm old. I'm seeing yeah. it in younger and younger women now that they're sort of yeah. um, definitely accepting themselves a lot better, which is something that I'm so excited about because just... Oh, definitely. Yeah, the next generation. Oh, my gosh. Come on, girls. Come on. I know. I know. <laughs> The world is changing. It's amazing. It really is. So what advice do you give to women who are scared to, for what they, sorry, sorry, hold on. Let me start again. <laughs> what advice do you give to women who are scared to ask for what they want in the bedroom? Well, this is a good question. <laughs> I feel like the majority of women are scared to ask for what they want in the bedroom. Yeah. So uh, it comes down, first of all, it would come down to their conditioning. So I would, if, that, if I was working with them, would go through like their beliefs around sexuality, their narratives around sexuality, because generally you're scared to ask for something because you believe that there's something wrong with what you're asking for. So you'd work around your beliefs around sexuality first. Um, another thing is worthiness. So a lot of women are scared to ask for what they want because they don't feel worthy of having that desire met. Um, and the other thing that is really important is generally men want to please women. They, they want us to be happy. They want to see us in pleasure. Like that is most of the fun for them. Like, of course they want that. And men actually don't mind being told what to do. If they could be told what to do in order to please you better, the majority of men would be happy for that. Um, so by asking him for what you want, you're not only like helping yourself, you're also helping him and he's going to enjoy, he's going to enjoy the experience more so as well if you're enjoying it. That is so, so unbelievably true. Yeah, men actually... And a lot of men you find because some of them are in like high powered jobs and things like that. So when they mm -hmm. you know, come home, they don't then want to have to boss you around as well, if that, yeah. if that makes sense. So they mm -hmm. like it when someone takes that power away from them. Mm -hmm. um, but also I think 
when you were sort of saying that, I was thinking of all the older women that you see in movies like Sittler's mm. mum and all that sort of stuff. Right? Yeah, yeah. They are, yeah. They are desirable because they tell the younger boys what to do and how they want it and they're owning it yeah. and all that sort of thing. So, yeah. yeah, that's really interesting. And I hear so many women, like it's a thing all the time where girls complain, like, oh, men never know what they're doing. Like he's not good at sex, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well hang on, like, we barely come, in, come into this world knowing our own pleasure. So how's a man supposed to understand our pleasure? Yeah, that's so true. And it's not it, his fault. It's not his fault that he doesn't know how to please you. You have to, they have to be taught. Yeah, and that's the thing. If you're not going to tell him as well, mm-hmm. he's probably had maybe other sexual partners that haven't told him either. So he probably mm-hmm. thinks he's doing all right. Yeah, well, that, that is very true. But also at the same time, every girl's so different. So oh, one, true. something that pleased another girl might ne- not necessarily please you. Um, yeah. <laughs> I heard someone talking about this the other day and it's like, we don't expect someone to like pick up a violin and be able to play it straight away. Like it takes years of practice mm-hmm. and a human body with all of our like nerve endings and everything is way more complex than a violin. So why do we expect a man to like, be able to play us perfectly the first time. <laughs> that is the best way I've ever heard someone say that. Yeah. That's yeah. It. That is so incredible and so interesting and so freaking true. Mm-hmm. It takes practice. And the other thing with that is a lot of women are expecting men to know how to please them, but they don't even know how to please themselves. So if you don't know how, what turns you on, you don't know how to please yourself, you can't even have that conversation with them. Where do you start? Like it has to start with your own self-pleasure before you can ever tell anyone else how to please you. Yeah. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you need to do the discovering for yourself and, yeah, work mm-hmm. that yourself. Wow, so much is unlocking in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah, perfect. Um, wow. <laughs> Taking notes. <laughs> Literally, I always take notes, but yours, yeah, they're quite thorough, your notes. <laughs> um, so what advice do you also give to women to actually enjoy sex and feel connected and, and empowered by it rather than it being, oh, he wants sex again or something like that. Mm-hmm. So obviously this comes down like there's a lot of like healing and like backtracking that you need to do to rewire um, your beliefs and everything like that first and the conditioning. But generally I always tell women we kind of believe that to have sex there needs to be like this crazy, like erotic, like high energy desire before we go into it. But often what happens with, with women is we feel uh, aroused. So we'll get turned on and then the desire to have sex will follow. But generally the arousal or the turn on won't start until after the sex is initiated. So you might start making out or start, I wouldn't say having sex, not all the way into penetration because you want to be turned on for that. But even like um, like foreplay, if you're starting with foreplay, that is going to get you in the mood and then you're going to have the desire to have sex. Whereas a lot of women, their man tries to like hit on them or tries to initiate with them and they shut it down straight away because they're not in the mood. And I feel like a lot of women are turning down their men, turning down the chance to have this deep connection, turning down the chance to feel desired and the chance to have amazing sex before they even give it time to unfold. 
So people, women are just turning it down before, before, <laughs> before they give themselves time to really enjoy it. Yeah, that's mm. so true. And another important thing is to think like, because the majority of the women don't orgasm every single time we have sex. And when we start focusing sex around being about just pleasure or orgasm, uh, it can it makes it a little bit more easy for people to turn down. Whereas if you make it about love and connection, like you always want to feel loved and connected to your partner. So if you go in with the intention to connect with them, then later the um, arousal will follow and then you'll have the desire to have sex. So make it about connection to begin with. Wow. Asti, that's incredible. (laughs) (laughs) That is honestly amazing because, yeah, you'll be sitting on the couch or whatever and you're probably about to go to bed and then they come up to you and you're like, oh. Yeah. Really? (laughs) And you really have to think about why you're saying no. Like I tell women, if you don't want to have sex, don't do it. Like it always needs, you need to have those strong boundaries and it does always need to be on your terms. But if you're saying no, like really think about it. Like why am I saying no? Like, am I just, am I really not feeling it? Or am I just like tired or like complaining that I don't have time? Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes the excuses women come up with, I'm like, "Mm, being tired isn't really a good enough excuse because sex actually gives you more energy. (laughs) So it's actually more of a reason why you should be doing it. (laughs) I always laugh at the headache one. I'm like, yeah, (laughs) ladies, um, if you, <laughs> I've got to say, any time that I've had sex with a headache, the headache is yeah. gone by the time yeah. I've had sex, 150%, because it releases all these incredible things within your body. And yeah. I don't know the, you know, physics of it or biology or whatever, but I just know it's gone. So if anyone ever says, oh, to totally. me, yeah, it's because I have a headache, I call yeah. BS on that. <laughs> Total yeah. BS. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and a man's semen actually has. I can't remember the, like the, the ingredient. I can't remember what's in it, that it actually has something in it that, um, that stops you from getting depressed. So it actually like uplifts your mood. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm not telling my husband that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like the perfect headache cure. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm not sure if you want to tell guys that <laughs> because they'll be like, no. I've got the cure for this. Yeah. Like, I've got a headache. I can fix it. <laughs> Actually, I read a few weeks ago, this was just, this cracked me up. And I think it was someone on the radio was talking about it as well, that a girl was using um, sperm as face cream. And yeah. she was actually like contacting her friends saying, mm-hmm. because she didn't, she couldn't get enough, I don't know, from her partner. So she was like, oh, Ooh. would your um, boyfriend or husband be willing to donate his sperm to me so I can use it as face cream? I said, wow. well, don't get me wrong. Like I do understand that it, if whenever oh this is really bad sorry guys but whenever I've got it on me after you wash your hands or something your skin's really soft right so but see I don't know because it goes like this is such a weird conversation (laughs) because it kind of like dries up I feel like it makes your skin more dry I don't know no I've always found that yeah my skin maybe I'm leaving it on too long Oh my god, that is hilarious! But yeah, I draw the line at you know going and asking friends for their husbands or partners. Like you know, keep it within you know closeness. Yeah. Or whatever. But, I don't yeah. know. It's kind of like a special thing, right? I yeah. don't know. Like it's kind of sacred. Like you want to kind of keep it between you and your guy. I think. 
exactly but um (laughs) if we we start telling them that it's got special properties and stuff like that i think they're gonna really (laughs) they're gonna really um take it to the next level because yeah guys yeah guys and their penis it's like it is a sacred relationship (laughs) um that is so funny (laughs) where did that conversation come from but i absolutely love it that is the best conversation ever Oh goodness, that's so funny. Um, so Asti, you are a female sexual empowerment coach, and I just want to quickly talk about your one-on-one sessions and mm-hmm. what women achieve within these. I think um, I saw on your website there's um, a three-month transformation that women yeah. have achieved with you. And can you tell us a little yeah. bit more about that? Yeah, so I work with women over twelve weeks. Um, And we kind of go through a process of like four different steps. So the first one we go into uh, letting go of the path. So we go into um, like working with the inner child and letting go of like limiting beliefs and narratives around sexuality and what it means to be a woman, um, releasing any like heavy negative emotions that you've um, associated with sexuality or with yourself. Um, And then we go into um, building foundations to help them thrive so we go into um, building an inner ecology of self-love belonging and safety which is really important so this is really important in relationships because a lot of women will lose themselves to a guy and when it comes when it becomes toxic or unhealthy they're unable to split from them because they are relying on this other person to give them that sense of love, safety, and belonging. Whereas if you have it all within yourself, it's easier to walk away from things or people that don't serve you. The safety is actually a really huge aspect as well, which a lot of women don't realize. And this is why so many women can't orgasm today or we can't fully express ourselves sexuality sexually because we've been taught for so long that our sexuality is, isn't safe. Um, and it goes really deep because, in fact, for a woman to experience orgasm, the part of her brain that looks out for danger needs to completely shut down, 100% shut down. So if she's not feeling safe in her surroundings with her partner or in her body, she won't be able to orgasm. And we've all been taught that our sexuality isn't safe. So this is no wonder why so many women aren't experiencing orgasm today. So we've gone to the safety aspect, then we go into building um, empowering boundaries, um, building a greater sense of worthiness, um, life values, then we go on to the becoming. So becoming like this future version of yourself, feeling her energy activate through you and become alive within you. So you can really feel yourself and who you are upgrade to the next best version of you. And then we go into the future. So either working around uh, conscious relationships and the relationship they are currently in or working towards um, manifesting a future relationship. And then we go deeper into sexuality as well. So this is where I give them uh, proper like hands-on self-pleasure tools um, and techniques which will enable them to build on their pleasure and really um, explore and expand their definition of orgasm. Yeah, so we power through it. We get through a lot in 12 weeks. <laughs> I was going to say that it's to get through in 12 weeks. Yeah. It sounds yeah. so amazing. And just like mm-hmm. you're saying, the, the internal um, journey that you would go through um, but yeah, so that's the basic structure, but I have people come with to me with like all different, it's all like relative, but they all have different stories and they all have different things that they want to work towards. So it does kind of, it is flexible. I do 
create it to mold around what they're looking for. Oh, amazing. Gosh, it's mm. so incredible. So, yes, as I was saying, uh, wow, um, <laughs> I just want to recap <laughs> some of the amazing things that you've shared with us. So when you're suppressing your sexual essence, it can create jealousy when you see it in someone that is embracing it. You need to step back and ask what that trigger is when you're feeling that jealousy and go inside and, and um, work out why it's triggering you. Um, women's sexual drive um, and embracing their sexuality is based on psychology rather than biology so it tends to happen when you reach an older age not necessarily about when you're most fertile and, and things like that um, and you need to make the decision to connect and explore your sexuality in a healthy way a lot of women are scared to ask for what they want in the bedroom because they think it is wrong or they're scared to ask due to a feeling of unworthiness. And also it's important to remember that men actually want to please women. So you actually asking them to do something that pleases you is most likely going to be very well received. And also as women, how can we expect someone to please us if we don't know how to first please ourselves? And this one blew my mind. Arousal occurs just prior to sex. So don't shut it down straight away because you're possibly missing an opportunity to um, love and connect with your partner. And it's important to make sex not just about orgasm, but about love and connection. Wow. Mm. What? Mm. <laughs> How amazing is that? So a few you, little nuggets in there. <laughs> incredible. So as I said, you are a sexual, uh, sorry, female sexual empowerment coach. You offer one-on-one -on -one sessions that help women to reclaim their sexual passion, sexual power, and the most incredible level of feminine power as well. And to find out more about Asti, please visit all the W's, astimarie.com. She's got an online shop as well with lots of um, cool goodies, so check that out. And don't forget to join her uh, mailing list for juicy tips on love, sex, and intimacy. You can follow Asti on Facebook. Just search for Asti Marie, and she's got a private Facebook group as well that you can join for amazing amazing tips and connect directly with Asti through there so Asti thank you so much for coming on the show amazing thank you so much that was incredible oh yay I can't believe where our conversation <laughs> went but it was a brilliant we could not have scripted it <laughs> a little bit dirty but that's okay it's fine <laughs> we'll speak soon thank you gorgeous Thank you for listening to The Queendom Podcast by Charlie Bullis. We'd love you to share this with a friend, rate us and subscribe to the show on iTunes. For freebies plus more, visit www.rulethequeendom.com.